0: Hi, welcome to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas, mostly but not exclusively BL dramas. It's part review, part recap, so there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go. Hi, this is M. Welcome to episode three. Today we're going to talk about a few new things that came out. We have Color Rush. Which is not exactly new, but it's the movie version of the web series that's available on Viki. I'm not sure where else it's available. If you don't know Color Rush, Color Rush is the story of uh, Yeonwoo, who is a high school student, and Yuhan, who well is another high school student in his school. Color Rush takes place in a world. I'm not sure. I guess it's supposed to be Earth, but it takes place in a in a world where there are People who have a certain genetic variation, monos and probes. Monos are people who only see the world in grayscale. They can't see color at all until they meet their probe. The probe is a person who themselves, I guess, doesn't have any kind of special ability, but it just, when the mono sees them, looks in their face, they're able to see color. In this world, there have been a lot of criminal cases with monos who become obsessed with their probes and winds up kidnapping them or hurting their family and loved ones just so they can get the probe all to themselves because remember they've lived their whole life with no color they're finally able to see color and they just become very obsessed with it according to the news and this also causes there to be discrimination against monos people striking out at them because they think that they that the monos are going to become a stalker or killer or something like that so Yun Wu, who is our mono in the story has grown up going through several schools already because as soon as they find out he's a mono, he becomes the victim of bullying and he winds up changing schools again in the new school he goes to he meets up with yuhan who is they come to find out his probe he doesn't realize at first because yuhan is wearing a mask since he's uh training to be an idol singer and so he's he covers his face with a mask or so that's what everyone thinks so yanwu meets his probe the thing is, he has heard so many stories about how monos turned crazy that he's never really wanted to meet his probe. He's afraid he's going to become an obsessive stalker as well. So when he meets his probe, he really wants nothing to do with him at all. And it's just that's what the show's about. It's him working through his fear of getting close to his probe. And it's funny because actually during the series, the person who's kind of more obsessed is really Yuhan, who is the probe. It's not Yeonwoo who's the obsessed one. So they, they're kind of flipped personalities in that way. It's a very interesting concept. I've never seen a concept like that in a series. And so I really enjoyed the Color Rush um, web series when it was first coming out on Vicky, And, you know, was waiting eagerly for the next episodes to come out. But it is a short... It's a South Korean web series. Those tend to be short. I think this was eight episodes, I think. Um, and each one was... Probably about 15 minutes or so 10 to 15 minutes or so so they've put the movie version out which is basically them just putting all of the episodes together but if you decide to watch the movie I encourage you to keep going through the credits make sure you watch the credits because there we have a hint that there might possibly be a season 2 which I would love if there was a season 2 because one of the storylines in color rush was how young Wu's mother who's also a mono disappears. They don't really know what happened to her and in the TV series and and the movie consequently, they never wrapped up that storyline. So season two hopefully would help us find out what happened there. And if they do do a season two, I really want them to expand the show, literally expand the show. More time in each episode and more episodes. I don't know that they would do 16 or 20 episodes like a a full-fledged K-drama usually is, but at least get us to 10 and make each episode 20 minutes or so so we can get a more fully fleshed out story. The other new thing that came out yesterday is Nobleman Ryu's Wedding. Now so far it's only available on WeTV and it doesn't seem like it's even in all the regions yet. I had to use the VPN to be able to watch the the first two episodes. So this is a micro series. It's supposed to be eight episodes so it's going to end very quickly. Each episode or so far, at least in episodes one and two, were about ten minutes long. And it is Nobleman Ryu is the story of Choi Kiwan, whose sister is supposed to get married to Hosun. She disappears, runs away, and Choi Kiwan takes her place in getting married to Hosun. So that's what the first two episodes are about. As I said, they're ten minutes long. So it was a pretty cute beginning to the series. A lot of like funny scenes going on and so forth I would I'm definitely going to continue with it but because it is a micro series again it is it's so rushed I don't know why in South Korea they're not doing longer episodes when it comes to BL dramas I I don't know how big these companies are that are sponsoring the show or whatever but you know when you look at the credits at the bottom they do seem to have sponsors so It's not that they have absolutely no money to make a series, so I'm not sure why they're so short. As a result of of the episodes being so short, I felt like I was dropped in the middle of the story. It begins with them already married, quote-unquote, and they do kind of explain that, you know, the sister ran off, but you don't see her running off, you don't see the family aftermath of, you know, everyone freaking out like oh my goodness where is she it's just like he goes into an empty room and she's missing and that's it we get a 20 second scene about this it's just way too rushed and it's a shame because otherwise otherwise it was really cute we get to see cute scenes between Hosun and Choi ki the, the two so far the two main leads and another character who I think is Hosun's sister they haven't come out and said directly and Choi Kiwan just keeps calling her Agashi which is Miss in Korean But she seems to be very jealous of Hosun having, uh, you know, a wife. So she's just making life really difficult for Choi Kiwan, And Choi Kiwan is trying not to rock the boat because he doesn't want anyone knowing that his sister has disappeared and he's stepped into her place. Rounding out the first two episodes is Hosun's mom, who is really funny. She really wants them to get together. And it seems to be like getting into all sorts of trickery to try to get some grandbabies pretty soon I think that's her goal which obviously is not going to happen with Choi Ki-won but so far off to a good start just if they had more time they could slow the story down but maybe as South Korean uh, BL dramas if they keep being at least somewhat successful they'll get more money into production and will and they'll be able to make longer shows longer episodes where we can really savor the story instead of just rushing through it I mean even in this it felt a little choppy in a certain way. Especially in episode two, I felt like we were just looking at a compilation of scenes. There was no kind of transition in certain spots. You just, one minute they're eating, the next minute she's washing clothes, the next minute she, I mean Choi Kiwan, he's doing something else. It's just made it a little bit choppy. If we had just had more time, then it would have been improved. So, I don't know, we'll see what happens in the next few episodes. Our second male lead did not, or third male lead, I guess, did not make an appearance in the first two episodes. Looks like he'll be coming in episode three and we'll get the love triangle going and see where things go from there. I also had the chance to continue watching Second Chance the series. They're up to episode three now. It was pretty decent. I don't feel like anything really major happens. Well, that's not true. Some things did happen, but we got kind of a continuation of Chris still trying to figure himself out. Remember, everyone's trying to figure out what university they want to go to, what they want to study. He's still not sure about this. He keeps being described by people as someone who's good at everything, and and maybe that's the problem. <laughs> that's why it's so hard for him to figure out exactly what he wants to do. We get introduced to Nier or we were already introduced to Nier but we get to know a little little bit more about him. We get to find out he's a gamer. He starts becoming close to another gamer that he has met online and the other gamer expresses interest in him but there's something about this other gamer that he doesn't know so it looks like he's in for some big surprises in the future probably not a, p- a pleasant surprise in the sense that he will feel lied to I'm sure I'm not sure when they're going to resolve that in this episode he starts realizing something's up because the the other the gamer seems to know a little too much about him but he doesn't know who that person is yet he just realizes something's up and we get to see a little more with paper and Tongfa. Fa it's Tongfa's Fa's birthday so they have a little get-together a little gathering all together as a group having dinner and then Tong Fa and Paper go back to Tong Fa's place you know with his mom they have cake or whatever and Tong Fa I'm sorry Paper I think I'm not sure if he was supposed to sleep over or was just staying late or whatever they begin drinking and as happens when you have alcohol and sometimes your inhibitions go away they start kissing and and when they sort of come to their senses you know they realize what they've done and it just causes a lot of confusion and Paper just basically <laughs> runs off, understandably so, he decides to kind of get out of there and Tong Fa breaks down and he starts having, they, they show a flashback to when his father passed away and he was in the hospital and they find out and he's there with his mom but Paper's also there with him so Paper's been there you know, through the rough times and I'm not sure if him breaking down, maybe it was him being scared about losing his friendship with this very important person in his life. We don't get a chance to see them talk or try to figure anything out in this episode because this is all happening towards the end of the episode also in this episode is the story of jenno and chris it just continues with them you know getting to know each other a little better jenno is softening a little opening up a little to chris and they're getting a friendship going i don't know what's going to happen in the future again i'm not sure what jenno is ready for but at least for now he seems to be opening up to a friendship with chris next up we have fighting mr second episodes four through six so with episode six our series comes to a close or season two comes to a close and there's a hint at the end there it looks like there's a season three doesn't surprise me at all because it's so popular episodes four through six um De and shuyi are just getting to know each other all over again uh experiencing being in love without any more misunderstandings between them thus far. Gashida is trying to reach out as much as he can to Shuyi's dad because he knows how much Shuyi loves his dad and he wants them not to be fighting over him to have, you know, a good relationship. Shuyi finds a little more, finds out a little more about what happened while Gashida was in America even though he's kind of finding out from someone else because he does not ask how directly i think he's basically you know trying to show that he trusts him and realizes that whatever misunderstandings were between them were making him overly suspicious although i mean honestly if i went somewhere and i saw the other person with a baby and and apparently someone of their own age and they look like a happy family I'd be a little bit like, huh? But I also would probably ask. <laughs> he didn't ask. So some of the misunderstandings were just lack of communication, you know, as as happens so many times. This is not something new to Drama Land. Also, there's another storyline of corporate sabotage. Someone sabotages their computer systems and there's the whole storyline of trying to figure out who did it and why although they never really figure out why and the person being suspected of that at first is the chief technology officer so he is at the police station while they wait to figure out what what happened even though honestly Gashide and other people really don't think it was him anyway they really suspect it was someone else but even when it turns out that they find out he was innocent for sure he refuses to leave the police station so they send in backup as Gashide says which is Gashide's cousin to go and get him from the police station so yeah the chief technology officer from the police station and the chief technology officer is like refusing to leave and gashide's cousin being how he is just basically picks him up and carries carries him out of the police station which is really funny to me because he's basically kidnapping him from the police station and the police seem to be okay with this (laughs) so you know interesting but I was actually wondering how they were gonna do that because I saw it behind-the-scenes and that was the scene and before I even saw the episode it was slightly different I mean he lost his shoe in the um, episode and the part that they showed in the episode and I don't really remember him losing his shoe in the behind-the-scenes thing so I guess they filmed it a couple times but the police don't seem to be at all bothered that this man is being carted away from the police station but Then they have the chance to talk to each other, the chief chief technology officer and Gashide's cousin, and to try to clear the air a little between them. And that's when he admits that he has affective disorder. He tells the chief technology officer, I know you have all these feelings for me. I don't know that I can return those feelings because I have this affective disorder. And of course, the CTO is, you know, upset to hear this. What can he really? about it except try to understand i mean he has his own disorders they it wasn't it was episode four i believe where gao shidei finds out from his cousin that the chief technology officer has he's got a few conditions one of them is asperger's but he's got some other conditions as well he's contending with that and then also contending with finding out the person that he has loved and longed for all these 12 years may not be able to return his feelings or if he is may not be able to show it he's just got to figure out where he fits into that where he can fit into his life while understanding this condition as well as his own conditions. So that's probably a storyline that's going to be played out in season three, I'm assuming. And a little more of Gaoshide and Shuyi's romance, I guess, will play out in season three. Honestly, I feel like their story is kind of complete. They have to have some kind of story for season three, because at least for me, as much as I like the other characters, I don't know that I would want to watch a season about the other characters. Gashidei and Shuyi really carry the show for me. Even though usually I'm actually one of those people that winds up liking secondary characters more than the main characters. In this case the main characters characterizations are so strong that I'm just really invested in these main characters and I don't want the focus to be on someone else for season three. But we'll see what they do. Um, It'll be interesting. There apparently is going to be a wedding in season three and Bing Wei and I can never remember the other friend's name, but they're the ones who get engaged at the end. And the other friend is like very he has this whole analogy about carrot and the stick with a donkey leading a donkey and how you you know get the, the donkey to move and by showing the carrot in front of them or using the stick and whatever he I actually want some conflict. In season three between him and Bing Way, because i think he sort of takes Bing Way for granted so i'd be interested to see if they've got some conflict going in season three they're sort of interesting to me because they don't actually do much with that couple in season two they get together a little bit in season one season two they're just together that's all you know you don't really know anything else about their storyline so for season three i would love for them to get a little bit more into that the chief technology officer and the cousin that storyline really didn't speak that much to me although I know a lot of people did find that interesting I'm not sure what they can do with that in season 3 but but maybe they'll have an interesting storyline with that we'll see I'm eagerly waiting season 3 I don't know when it's supposed to come out but I'll be waiting for it when it does I'll definitely try to watch it and the last show we're gonna talk about today my favorite <laughs> word of honor episodes 11 through 16 Zozushi so, and Won Cushing spent most of the last episodes um, separated from each other because they had had that big argument and so in episode 11 Ling is kidnapped and separately Zozushi so, and Won Cushing go to find him each doesn't know that the other one is looking for him Zozushi so, finds him first and gets into the battle with these two women and fights as much as he can but again of course his condition is not great so he he gets bit pretty beat up. Who should appear but One Cushing. It does not matter what argument they had, how mad they are at each other. One Cushing sees Zozushi in trouble and he is ready to kick butt. Because <laughs> that is his soulmate. So they've managed to get away. Mainly it's Zozushi being like, you know, we, we should escape because One Cushing's first instinct is to go after the people who hurt his Zozushi and get his revenge. One of my favorite scenes is actually in this particular episode. It's towards the end of the episode when they're all sitting around, you know, talking about what happened. Chung Ling realizes that there's tension between Zozushi and Won Cushing and realizes that they've had an argument. So he's trying to play peacemaker to get them to make up with each other. Zozushi is just there like kind of giving the silent treatment. And Won Cushing, or Simon Gong, I should say the actor, you know, he's got <laughs> such puppy eyes. Looking at Zosushi, the first thing that happens is he asks to drink some of. Uh, he asks Zosushi if he has some wine, and Zosushi does not respond to him and does not pass the wine over at first. He actually drinks from the wine bottle, and you can see Wang Cushing is sitting there is so hurt, thinking like, "Oh, he's not going to share his wine with me." But then he does. He passes it over to Changling, and it's like, "Here, give him some wine." But he doesn't pass it directly. Changling has to pass it. And so that's actually when Chung Ling realizes, like, oh, there's an argument going on here. But the funny thing with Chung Ling trying to get them to get back together is that he's telling Wan Cushing, "You need to make up to him. You need to comfort him," as if he knows that it's Wan Cushing that has started the argument. And I find it funny that he assumes that it must be Wan Cushing's fault. And actually, even through that whole scene where Changling's Ling's trying to get them to make up, Wan Cushing doesn't say a word. He's just letting Changling ling do the work for him while he's giving Zozushi the puppy eyes. But it works. <laughs> Zozushi does forgive him. I don't think at this point they can stay mad for long. I'm up, only up to like episode 22. I don't know afterwards what happens. But up until this point, these two cannot stay mad at each other. Eventually, they begin all talking to each other. Changling, ling Kushing and Zozushi... And this whole time, you know, Chung Ling wants Sozushi to be his master. He really doesn't want to be part of the Yu Yang sect with his uncle and all those people. He's not interested in that. He doesn't really trust them. He trusts his Sozushi and he's trusted him from the beginning. And his uncle went. And so he wants Sozushi to be his to be his master, he wants to be his disciple. Finally, Sozushi says yes, but he's telling him if I'm going to be your master, you have to know who I really am, and he tells him about his background, he tells him his true name so that Ling can make an informed decision about whether or not he really wants to be his disciple. And he obviously chooses yes. He still wants it. He trusts him completely, and Sosushi accepts him as his disciple, which means he's actually now Sosushi is the head of his clan. He's the only one left of his clan which means Chung Ling is going to be his new disciple, his new heir. Which Chung Ling doesn't know this, but of course she doesn't have long, right? So he's basically training someone to take over his clan. And, you know, he kind of says there that he thought he was just going to spend the rest of his life kind of wandering, but it looks like God had other plans for him. So between episode 11 and 12... This is where we know that Chang Ling has had the piece of the glazed armor the whole time on his person, literally inside of his wound. Sozushi advises him to turn over the glazed armor. It's doing him no good. It does no one any good unless they're trying to seek power, which Chang Ling is not trying to seek power. So, Sozushi advises him to give it away to his uncle. Let them have it so that he can separate from the, the Yuyang sect, go his own way, being Sozushi's disciple. So that's what he does he goes back to the yu yang sect basically just long enough to turn over the piece of glazed armor he's going to stay there for the heroes conference which is where all these different martial arts families are coming together for the heroes conference and then the plan after that is for him sozushi and lao wen to just go on their way lao wen being one cushing so while changling is with the yu yang sect Wan cushing and so- sozushi are just kind of having a free day you know they're just kind of hanging around drinking they decide to go stir up some trouble basically and one of the things i didn't notice but i was reading comments um on the video that a few other people picked up on and then i realized while zozushi and wang Cushing are hanging out wang Cushing says something to zozushi and he doesn't he doesn't catch it he doesn't hear him this is where we begin to see that his senses are being affected remember he has the seven nails in him and the nails are slowly working to take away his senses at some point he will lose his martial arts abilities completely right so this is where we see kind of the beginning of it we see when he's fighting he gets fatigued and he gets ill that way but he's not fighting he's just sitting there having wine with one Cushing and his senses Um, are being affected. So this is where we see he's he's starting to deteriorate. One Cushing doesn't know yet what's going on, so he doesn't even realize. But, you know, we, the audience, realize. Got another one of my favorite scenes thus far actually takes place in this episode, a little towards the end, where we see a little bit of one cushing's green-eyed monster coming out and i swear zozushi kind of goads him into it because he just has this sly look on his face as if he knows what one cushing's reaction is going to be in this particular scene i love it i love when the jealousy aspect comes out of Wan cushing and zozushi's just there looking at him like hmm but this time i think he deliberately did that so earlier um one cushing and zozushi had met Yi, who is an elder He's practically immortal who has Obviously, years of experience, and who offers to help heal people. Wen Cushing wants him to try to heal Sozushi. He doesn't know yet about Sozushi's full condition, but he knows obviously Sozushi is ill. He keeps be- he keeps having problems after fighting. He wants Ye yi to heal him, and Ye is like, I can't, I can't heal him. He's dying, and and you know, one Cushing doesn't know what's going on. That was in an earlier episode. They disappear, but. In this, in episode 13, Ye Bai suddenly shows up at One Cushing's room saying he knows of a way to heal him. Now, One Cushing and Zozushi had had another disagreement, <laughs> and so they weren't together in this moment when Ye Bai shows up. So it's just him and Zozushi, but he wants Zozushi to show him the problem, to show him the nails, and he tries, he tries to actually take Zozushi's shirt off, and of course he and Zozushi are fighting. And who should appear but one Cushing, who of course is grabbing Zozushi away. Like, and he says, Why, what are you doing with my Asha, sure, his Zozushi? So, like I said before, doesn't matter what argument they've had. If anyone tries to touch his Zozushi, he is appearing out of nowhere trying to kick butt. But anyway, due to this, this is where the truth comes out about the fact that Zozushi really is dying. One Cushing just loses it. Doesn't know how to deal. The only way Ye Yi can think of to heal Zozushi would not increase his life forever. It would let him live another 10 years, I believe it was, but he would lose his martial arts abilities. This is something Zozushi is not willing to do. Even if his life is short, he wants to live as full a life as possible, rather than live a longer life, but not feel a full life. One Cushing, obviously, you know, can understand this on the one hand. But on the other hand, he just met his soulmate. He's waited his whole life just for a friend. And this is not just a friend. It's his soulmate. And he's going to lose him so quickly after just meeting him. And there's a sad scene of one Cushing just sitting there crying in the rain by himself. I read that that scene was really hard for Simon Gong to film. He got very into character in that particular scene and had trouble getting out of the scene. Was very emotional afterwards. And the director, I think, either sent him home or they had to take a break for a little bit because he just wouldn't stop crying. He couldn't get out of the scene. I can imagine it. You know, I've never acted in anything. I don't know how it is to be an actor. But I've heard that a lot of people, if there's a sad scene, they imagine something very sad happening to someone in their family or something. And that's what helps them to cry and really get into character. So I can only imagine everything he had to put into this particular scene and that he would have such trouble getting out of it. Just as an aside, I mentioned in a previous episode about the uh, Thai drama Tale of a Thousand Stars. One of the things that I found amazing about that, speaking of emotion, one of the things I found amazing about that show is the person who plays Tien, Mix is the actor's name, is a rookie actor. And that's a very heavy, emotionally heavy role. Many scenes of crying, of feeling guilt, and trying to emote and express that. And I actually saw a lot of behind the scenes for that, where you could see several times, Mix is just overcome. And he just has to walk off. There's there's a behind the scenes where the director walks with him, and he's got his arm around him, because it those it's really tough to do those kind of scenes. And that show has a lot of those scenes. And that's a rookie actor. You know, Simon Gong's not a rookie. He hasn't been in fifty million things, but he's been in a number of things. So even as a more experienced actor, he's having trouble getting out of this this scene this role that he's so completely immersed himself in episodes 15 and 16 is you know the hero conference is taking place where all the martial arts families are together and without getting too much into detail things go all to he double hockey sticks and <laughs> they went Cushing and so, so she winds up having to rescue Chongling again and get him out of there because it is complete and total chaos once they've escaped who should appear but Ye bai Yi? The one who they had hoped would be able to cure Sozushi, but really wasn't able to. Let me tell you, Ye Bai Yi and Won Ka those two do not get along it's actually pretty hilarious these two they could have their own comedy routine the way they they do not get along and are always arguing and prozoso she is there in the middle of the mess there's the scene in the cave when they're when they've all met up and then Yi appears i think i repeated that scene i'm not even joking like 10 times because i found it so funny the way one cushing reacts to yebae Yi Ye even you know, says a disparaging remark about Chen Ling, who he's met for the first time. And Wang Cushing's like, how dare you speak about my child like that kind of thing. And, you know, he's looking at him like, your child, what do you mean? I've seen a lot of people online describing it as, you know, two dads, their son, and the ornery old grandpa, Ye Bai Yi, who is immortal, I think he's like 100 years old or something. I think that's true. It sounds accurate. When Cushing fighting with grandpa and Zo the long-suffering spouse, trying to get them not to fight each other. And Chongling is just standing around like, what is wrong with the adults in my life? So that's it for Word of Honor, the episodes we're looking at today 11 through 16. Another great set of episodes. What I find so interesting about this show is you've got these really sad moments, you know. One Cushing discovering that Zozushi Zozushi has said before, you know, I'm dying, but he never I guess thought he was serious. But now that it's been confirmed by Ye by and he sees the injuries, he realizes it's true. He's losing his soulmate. And then, like a little bit afterwards, they're giving you these comedic moments, you know, and it doesn't seem out of place. It's just part of the show. It's part of life i guess we've got sad moments happy moments the wonderful thing i think about this show is to see this family find each other you know they are a family one kushing zozuchi Ling, Ashang. even though she's not with them right now at the moment whenever she appears fits right in sao wei ning who you can tell really likes Ashang, and he's gonna wind up being part of the family too or wants to be part of the family too. And now you've got the ornery grandpa, ye by ye, showing up. So, you know, the family is complete now. So I'm really enjoying the show. And I know the next few episodes get, get even tougher in some ways, but we'll talk about that next time in our next episode. The next episode of Fish Upon the Sky is coming out. So I'll be doing a review and recap of that as well as episodes seven through 20, 21. Of Word of Honor, I'm trying to go five episodes at a time, until I finally I'll be catching up in my reviews around the time that the episodes are finishing airing on Yoku, and then we'll see where we go from there. I had hoped to watch um, Immortality, is another Chinese BL drama that was supposed to come out, but now word is that might not come out. Something's going on, or it has to go back to the censors. I'm not even sure. We shall see. But thank you so much for joining me for this review and recap of these shows. Stay safe, everyone.